Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist, the show or the podcast about all the nerdy things we enjoy. It's I feel that was rusty. I feel out of practice for some reason. I don't even remember what I usually say now. Surprising since we've recorded like 12 million videos <laughs> in the last week. <laughs> My this family wants to see me. <laughs> this is true. Um if you're but, listening, Joy, I'll come home soon. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's too much content to get through first. <laughs> That's right. Um but welcome back to the Pixelus. I'm Will. That's that's Blake. And uh, today we're going to be talking about The Legend of Vox Machina Season 2 Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Um, yes, sir. You might have seen our reaction video that I think went up this morning. And um, mm -hmm. I, know, uh, I know at least a couple people were like, we want to hear you guys talk about it more. Well, you're in luck because we were, we were <laughs> saving it luck. for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, welcome if you're checking out our video for the first time. And uh, yeah, we like to meander into the world of D&D &D and Critical right. Role-dom and uh, some Marvel Last of Us content. So we kind of just talk about whatever tickles our fancy. Is that yeah. an expression? Yeah. I was going to say pleasures our fancy, and then I thought, that sounds weird. <laughs> so bit, I don't think it's, it's that. a bit much. <laughs> just tickles yeah, our fancy. Tickle. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think that's a good way to go. Um, All right, so... Today we any announcements before we we're gonna have a lot of videos out this week, so I yeah. don't even know how much it's worth getting into announcements. We got this video, we got the Last of Us, Last of Us reaction, uh, Critical Role episode forty seven, something like that. Um, gotta talk about that. So yeah, that's a lot. <sighs> yeah, a lot of stuff. Check it out. That's uh that's oh it. and uh <laughs> we're. Which you're on this video. Which oh, season sorry. two? I just got to slide it back in. No, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, season three, and then never again. Um, that's another conversation. Anyway, if you're on this mm -hmm. video for Legend of Vox Machina, then I'm going to go ahead and say this because it's probably relevant to you. Going to be doing a watch party for episodes seven, eight, and nine Thursday night. If you're interested in joining, hit up the Discord. There should be a link in the description. But other than that. This blows my mind, by the way. The season's almost over. Bro, it's, we're halfway done. Yeah. It, okay, good. I thought it was nine episodes, but you saying that now reveals that it is not. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got 12. We got 12. <laughs> Bro, if we were only nine, I would be Bro, so depressed like, right now. Well, naturally, I was going to bed last night and like couldn't sleep, and I was just thinking about The Last of Us and Legend of Vox Machina. And I was like, how are they going to wrap this up in three episodes? Right. Uh, which... I didn't know yet. Wrap it up in six episodes. Um, so, yeah, the power I mean, level just seems so like massive between the Chroma Conclave and Vox Machina, even with like their uh, first vestige. Yeah. Like, whenever they were fighting, uh, I can't remember the one's name, the acid one. Uh, Umbrasil. Um, yeah, when they were fighting Umbrasil and they had the Sphinx to help out, I was like, oh, this is how it's going to like. This is how it's going to start. They're going to kill this first one. And yeah. nope, still got totally <laughs> rocked. <laughs> yeah, man, it, they really are crazy strong because they couldn't even hurt the Sphinx, you know? Right. And then this dragon destroyed him, basically. So, yeah, they, they got a lot to make up for power-wise. I'm super curious how they'll 
illustrate those power jumps um, as the episodes go on, like in a way that makes sense. I think, I think Keyleth's and um, Vax's both made a lot of sense and felt good. Uh, Keyleth, by the way, was so freaking awesome. That was amazing. Such an amazing scene. Um, so yeah, I guess we could see a little bit of that for some of our other characters. So yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think it'll be the vestiges like we saw with Vax. You know, that was not like that's not how it was in the campaign, really. I mean, you know this. You you play D anD D. Items are nice and they can do cool things, but they don't really like make you go Super Saiyan like we saw yeah, in the show. You know, amazing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of how they're translating it. Is that like these vestiges are so powerful, it really takes you to that next level. So if a few more members of Vox Machina pick one up, maybe that'll you know even the playing field a bit with these. Dragons. And I I love the little detail of Vax being the one to volunteer to fight the Sphinx. And being after we had just seen, in, in, you know, two episodes prior, him shred this not beholder. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he steps up and just instantly gets it's obliterated. Destroyed, into the yeah. void. <laughs> I like that, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> you remember that part where uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking of? We're just going to keep doing that, I think. Probably. <laughs> um We've we've obviously already started, but um, if you guys didn't see our our last discussion, that's just kind of how this goes. Uh, you know, I'm making breakdown videos. If you haven't checked those out, where we'll, I'll go into more of like an in depth analysis of each episode. But for these podcasts, um, you know, Blake didn't see the original campaign, so like it'll be more of a kind of like him and I. He asking me questions, and we'll basically just get to be like talking about parts we like. So yeah. just wanted to give that <laughs> disclaimer. Um, but yeah, no real, no real order of things here, I guess. But, yeah. um, one thing um, I just wanted to say in general is they have been doing such a good job of, um, adapting the storyline first of all, but also making really interesting changes. Um, like the Umbrasil Sphinx fight did not happen yeah. in the campaign. Uh, Umbrasil did not show up at all during that. Oh, so wow. that, that happening nuts for you then I'm yeah. sure. You're probably uh, like, wait, what? <laughs> what yeah. is he doing here? <laughs> and I, I can, I can see why they're doing it, and it makes a lot of sense. And so, like, the Sphinx didn't die in the campaign, so that was really sad, especially after their throwdown, throwdown with uh, yeah. him and Scanlan, which that encounter didn't happen that way in the campaign either. Um, so all of that was basically new to me, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know how Ripley is showing up. Yeah, and is like kind of the reason that all happened. Well, that didn't happen in the campaign either. So they're really doing like such a nice job of, again, just translating this story whilst like, whilst making it its own thing at the same time. You know, which is a hard thing to do. Um, which we're getting, we're like spoiled right now with that and Last of Us both managing to pull off like adapting an already phenomenal story into like something that can hold its own yeah and it feels like some of it is just purely like storytelling space in the sense of like you have to adapt it because you can't do you know dozens of hours in like a <laughs> right you know just a, a set of episodes but also part of me wonders since you just mentioned the last of us and we won't spoil anything but we just saw a last of us episode drastically different from how it transpired in the game and it makes me wonder if these creators 
creators of The Last of Us, but also now um, the Critical Role team, if there's a little bit of like a, um, if I could do it over again, like this, this would be interesting, or this might be something fun to try. Uh, not like there's anything wrong with the original or that they see a flaw in their original, but I think, I think that's actually kind of what keeps it fun and exciting is that these creators are kind of still innovating. And, you know, what if we had Umbrasil show up, you know, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, if you're gonna adapt, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different for critical role, the D and D campaign. Cause I mean, it is pretty vastly different just to adapt that into a TV show to begin with more so than the last of us game to the show. But still, I'm not, even with that aside, I think if you're going to adapt something, you need to make it new in some way, or what's the point, you know? But the difficulty there is staying true to the heart of the original and being able to please somebody that's never seen it and also be able to please those people that came from the original, which, you know, we keep throwing these two shows under the bus, but like Witcher and Rings of Power both kind of missed the mark on that. One that hasn't that I I, I sense that tension is... um, the Final Fantasy VII remake, where they've made some pretty clear implications on the... St- I won't spoil it for people, but pretty clear implications on the ending of the first part that caused, like, a big stir, and then they basically came out and said, like, hey, yeah, we're actually kind of re-envisioning certain plot points. So you feel this tension of, like... Okay, I'm excited, but also like I'm really nervous because some of those big story points is, you know, why you play or what, the game or, yeah, or, or what, what made you, you love it. You know, exactly, exactly right. And so, um, yeah, there's definitely a it's it's a tension that has to be navigated very carefully, I think. But it, it does seem like they're doing it very well. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, at least thus far, they are staying true to all of the like let's call it cornerstones of the story, but they're making really interesting adjustments or combinations on like the path between those. Um, mm. So yeah, just, I got to tip my hat to them and we already briefly talked about it, but bears worth mentioning again, just like the visuals tip tip mouse is like knocking it out of the park. That Keyleth scene, the vaccine, I <laughs> vaccine. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's just it's been so cool to see this stuff come to life, you know. Whereas you know previously it was just well and nerds at a table. And I'm assuming Titmouse, they're big D and D fans or Critical Role fans as well. I know that um, I know they've they've mentioned it in various interviews or their live watch parties that they do that uh, the Critical Role people have met a bunch of people working on the show and like those people were already critters like they watched the original okay. campaign so yeah. i don't like that didn't like i didn't like set out to be like we're only hiring people that do this it was no, just kind sure. of like a happy coincidence so i mean well, you can tell right that, yeah you and it's it's kind of brings my next point is like again you can tell in these adaptations when the creators love the original source material and the specific detail i was thinking of was i was watching uh your latest breakdown on um when they encounter the portal to fyra and the way they the way the 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 scene has been set is you have the portal and then the path leading up to it is the symbol of the shari and i was thinking like titmouse could have easily just been like you know a cobblestone path or whatever yeah but clearly there was a nice little 
detail there of like, oh, like, let's do it this way. And, and obviously, I'm sure there's like storyboarding and like collaboration that happens like with the Critical Role team. But it just made me think like this clearly, however it's happening, there's a lot of love for the source material, which is it's really fun. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. I didn't really have any trepidation coming into this show based on how it was coming about. You know, they funded it on Kickstarter and they had full creative control. That's not really like a fear that I had. But even still, like they, no part of this show so far has made me feel like oh they they missed it there. You know, like or uh, you know, it's just it's gone through the goalposts every time. Which you know, I just am not taking it for granted with how many times shows have messed up with this type of thing so yeah (laughs) let's talk um some more specifics so if umbrasil didn't show up what happened to myth carver in the live stream okay so this is like another one of those changes that i don't know why i put it in quotes because it is a change but that that makes a lot of sense because myth carver uh Scanlan got it in the campaign and i guess i mean i guess you already know this but spoilers if for anybody that like is just watching the show and doesn't want to know this type of stuff not that i'm anyway you get it um in the campaign he got myth carver and he got it from this encounter the sphinx encounter even though all of it was changed that much was still true um but Scanlan's a bard he's not really if you're not familiar with D, they're not really a big melee class that's like getting in there using a sword so he had this and he honestly didn't use it ever. Like he used it maybe like two or three times, honestly. So I love that for the show, they're changing it. Oh, and in the campaign, it wasn't, it didn't have that property where it like taught you about the other myths of the world, even though it was called Myth Carver. Um, so I really like this change that it's serving as this device that's kind of going to lead them to the other vestiges now and kind of give Scanlan like a reason to use it. Mm-hmm. Um but so in the show, he got Myth Carver. Like I said, Umbrasil never came. So he just had it. He never lost it throughout the whole campaign. So I think this is a really interesting plot device for one to have Umbrasil come in and kind of add that tension and kind of, you know, the big bad of the season. We kind of get another glimpse of him. But two, he takes Myth Carver. So it gives them a reason to go fight him first of all of the dragons, you know. Um, but two, he did get to use it once. So we know about Fenthris, which is the bow. And we know about those Titanstone knuckles. So it kind of gives the party a direction. It's like, okay, well, let's go work on the two we know about. And then like, we'll maybe come back. And there's another piece of this that I don't, I'm not going to say yet. I'll probably talk about it in my breakdown of this episode for those of you that want the spoilers. But since it hasn't happened yet, I'm not going to talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. I know I just kind of went on a, a rant no, there, but it's, it's a good detail. I love learning about the differences in, you know, the live stream and what's happening. And you, you said it when we were doing our reaction video, I think at the end you were like, okay, yeah, they're doing some changes here, which could have been something generic, but I didn't know if it was like what specifically, and it sounds like that's one of them, like one yeah. of the small things that are different, but um, it is funny that he in the live stream had a vestige of divergence, which is like the Supreme, power right of like an item yeah yeah and then it was never like I, if i'm mad i'm thinking like are you kidding me like i gave you this <laughs> it kind of reminds me of my own D campaign where i gave someone like something similar and they opted not to use it but to use like this other sword that they had gotten earlier <laughs> i was like 
just because okay, they cool. like they didn't understand like how much better it was, or they just, they just preferred liked it. The flavor. It was like a big two-handed sword, and they just liked the. It was a barbarian. They yeah. liked the flavor of that as opposed to using like this one-handed hammer. I so, guess. Like, I think I want to use this. And then people were like, "Well, can I get? Oh. Can I get that?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny though. But yeah. Um. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh I was just gonna on the topic of changes, you know, where the episode this set of episodes ended with them kind of portaling out. Um, not to get long winded here, but like I said, the dragon fight didn't even happen. So like in the campaign they didn't need to portal out anywhere. And clearly they're going to the Feywild. Um, which that Feywild arc, if you will, happens later in the campaign. So they're kind of shuffling around major points, but I think it makes sense to slot it in here. But what's interesting is um at, you know grog uh pike and scanlan kind of got booted out the side of that portal which right. didn't happen in the campaign in the campaign they all went to the feywild together so i'm interested to see what happens there maybe they still end up in the feywild and they're just like separated in the feywild or maybe they didn't go at all mm-hmm. um i kind of don't know what side of the fence i'm on yet uh this Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I I was just saying I bring that up because we were talking about changes and I'm curious to see kind of what they do with that. Does if they don't fight Umbrasil, does Pike not get skewered in the live stream? No, she does. Um in that in that encounter with the Sphinx. So like I said, that encounter was way different. Um is more of a yeah. it was more of a puzzle than a, a combat. Um and without getting too in the weeds on it, there were like these portals if you will and they kind of had to the whole point of the encounter was to figure out the sphinx's name like that was the puzzle and if they figured out his name like it ended basically and so they were like going in these portals uh to like learn letters of his name and then they had to like put it all together anyway grog was like like drifting away forever in the portal kind of like in the show how like when he knocked him off the thing he's like you're gonna be falling forever unless you know you guys do whatever uh, so Grog, and he's still having this like Craven Edge storyline going on in the campaign. He attaches his chain to Craven Edge and chunks it out of the portal to like anchor himself so he can come back in. And when he comes out the other side, the anchor is Pike, like he had skewered her, like unintentionally. Um, and so that it still happens, but you know, in a different way. Jeez, that's wild. They they kind of made it darker for the the show because he didn't. Even though he was like kind of losing himself in the same way, he obviously didn't mm-hmm. do it on purpose, which I guess you could say he didn't do it on purpose in the show either, but it was a bit more like intentional than just like a blind throw that happened yeah. to impale her. I guess it would have been kind of clunky and not not that they couldn't pull it off for like animation, but it definitely feels this feels like a nice a little bit more of a nicer, neater storyline. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like the foreshadowing of um the Craven Edge basically saying, like, feed me or I'll feed myself. And mm-hmm. then the camera sets on Pike. Um, and like the nightmare he has as well. So I, I do like that change. Um, though I probably need to go back and watch the uh that live stream part too. Yeah, it's it's it was good. And he actually had that dream in the campaign too, which was interesting. Um so yeah, that's another example of like a a a change, but one that makes sense, I think, and serves the story. Mm-hmm. What about um, Keyleth? Does she actually go to Fyra in the story? 
and have this big like ascension moment that um and also i I guess i think robbie damon's character even says it but i I guess the implication was someone came and like broke the lodestones which opened up the portal to fyra and freed thordak um yeah was i following that correctly Mm -hmm. okay somebody like infiltrated and yeah okay yeah. yeah Um, but to answer your question, no, not really, as far as the Kila thing. Um in the campaign they go they go to Pyra just like they do here because of Thordak and everything. But they had she'd already done her Oramente at that point. She did it like way earlier in the campaign. Um and it was just kind of like they traveled there for that reason, did it, and then left. And then during this Chroma Conclave arc they come back to deal with the portal thing. So I like that they combined it here because it's way more epic this way. Uh, Dude, and, it was freaking insane. Yeah. The music also was yes. crazy. It was such like, a good score. Like, yes! <laughs> I mean, it was just so freaking cool. <laughs> it was freaking epic. Um, but yeah, so again, another example of like a really awesome change from the source material. Because yeah, in, in the original, her, her for her Oramente, it was just like they went and fought some fire elementals like it was like a it was like a test which that's what it is supposed to be you know they don't they're not counting on some like world ending cataclysm to happen and that's your trial um but i just think this is way more epic and uh that scene was amazing but yeah there was no like ascension to fire elemental the first time or anything like that okay <laughs> that was such a cool scene though and it does make me wonder if this was such a key this was such a key point in the story. It makes me wonder over the course of the next few seasons, will we see uh, who knows how long this show is by the way, but will we see similar like moments of ascension with the other elements, even though the show, it wasn't as pivotal. Yeah. I bet. I mean, I bet we will. I think we definitely at least see her go to the other tribes and, you know, try to do her oramente. but, is that to say she'll have a similar like super saiyan moment each time that i don't know uh but what's also i'm looking forward to is in the campaign her earth trial she had already done like pre-stream like before they started okay yeah. streaming on twitch so in the show she hasn't done it yet so i'm interested to see that since i didn't get to see it originally mm-hmm. um and What's also cool is like she went so berserk and that she didn't even get a vestige. That was just like a normal power up for her. So like imagine if she gets a vestige too. Like she definitely feels like the powerhouse of the whole team. Well, I've seen campaign three, so (laughs) I know that she does. (laughs) So it does make me wonder like the power levels of the the members of Vox Machina. Like who would you put at the top? Who would be at the bottom? And Definitely, I felt like Vax was like so far and ahead of everyone else. And now, after this moment on her Aramente, um, sort of like conquering the fire elements, um, I would definitely put her way up from where I maybe would have put her before. So, yeah, for sure. And it seems like for the show, they're kind of like not afraid to make one more like because in D&D, everyone different classes have their strengths and weaknesses, obviously. But if everyone's the same level, then they're all generally the same amount of powerful you know except for rogues screw you guys for playing them (laughs) sneak attack um but i yeah that's i just like that and not even this moment obviously but even before this like in season one i felt like keyleth was 
like the strongest based on the things she was doing. So just cool to see. Cool to see. Yeah. What were some other uh, cool moments that you liked from these three episodes? Um, let's see. Oh, well, speaking of like the, the strength and stuff, I thought it was really cool how when Grog was going like berserk at the end with Craven Edge, he was like 1v1ing the dragon a bit. Bro. Which previously, yes. you know, he couldn't even like hit him. Um, yeah, I love but, that scene where he like drags the blade against the Umbrasil's armor and it finds like that little mm, spot where yeah. it's split and then just like tears it open. That was awesome. Um, so I love that. I'm trying to think what else there was. Um, I like the, uh, you know, we're getting some little uh, little shipping moments. We got like Percy giving his coat to Vex, which, uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe plant some seeds. Plant some seeds. Yeah, we got a. I know you've seen giving, campaign three, so you kind of know. But yeah, Vax um, giving the staff over yep. to uh, Keyleth. Yep, so. trying to make her forget about cash. That's for show. Notice we haven't seen him in campaign three, and I'm getting a little curious about that based on <laughs> some basic, some recent data. <laughs> so no comment. Curious. No comment. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a few people that haven't shown up, so okay. in campaign three, I mean. Um so yeah, you know. Well Scanlon's probably in a brothel somewhere. So <laughs> <laughs> um oh the freak speaking of Scanlon, and I know I already touched on how the whole Sphinx encounter was different, but obviously that didn't happen in the campaign where his like song was the key to to wounding the Sphinx. Uh. <laughs> that, that was amazing. Caught me off guard. And uh, every, I mean, that song was like an actually good song. And I mean, that's yeah. true of like everything that Sam has touched. Um, it's true, though. Every opener that he does for the live stream is always so well done. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Or even like the speech from Calamity towards the end. Mm. You know, I'm just like, this guy is just a bountiful gift of creativity. Emmy Award winner, you know. Uh so that that was great. Um hmm. my brain is I loved, of, Well, no, I just I also loved the um man, I'm so curious about what's happening with Vax. We had the awesome not beholder fight where he just mm -hmm. 1v1s it and destroys it. Um but I'm thinking about like those um dreams i guess he was having or uh, visions yeah. i guess um which it was really cool getting a little peek at what maybe some calamity animation could look like mm. um, his fight with pervon but then the scenes afterwards i was really intrigued by specifically the one where he kind of like walks in and sees like an old man dying which i don't know if there's a significance there if it's just like someone in particular or what but seeing a man dying and then he turns around and it's the, you know, yeah. the face jump scare. jump scare. I wasn't scared. I didn't jump. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm really curious about those visions and like, you know, what's going on with this guy. And he's in the characters, obviously also very concerned, you know, trying to take the, the, um, death walkers ward off, but yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to go into spoiler, uh, territory with my response here. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to, but that but even still, like this these visions are all new. Like he didn't get visions in the campaign. So I really like how they're exploring 
that relationship between him and the matron of ravens and kind of what this deal that he made actually means um and so I, again i don't want I, I can't really go too much further on what i mean by that without spoiling and i don't want to spoil it so I, I'm I'm kind of on your same page uh, as far as deciphering what these mean. Like I thought that door was such oh, a cool was, shot. Uh, oh, what an amazing scene! Yeah, and I want to I want to like, like I don't know what that means, so I'm just guessing. But I, I is it like I don't know I don't know, but it's it's cool, and I'm right there with you and everyone else and trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to convey. But to me, I think it's just him coming at a very base level, him coming to to grips to reality with what he got himself into. Right. Well, so we're halfway through the season. Uh, how do you see them wrapping up the Chroma Conclave in the next six episodes? No. So we know that next season is Chroma Conclave too. Okay. So um, I have an idea because I made all the episode titles were revealed and, you know, I made a video like dissecting what I thought this season was going to cover. I have a pretty good idea like exactly how far we're going to get. Not being said, there could be changes. There's already been changes that I wasn't anticipating. But as far as like a... I mean, I don't want to say this if, if people don't want to know, but next season will also be Chroma Conclave. So we still have, I guess, 18 episodes left of of dealing with the dragons. Um, yeah, but which even, these episodes... Or sorry. No, I was just going to say, but, but even still, we're... <laughs> halfway through one of the two seasons and none of the dragons have been dealt with so it feels like season two is gonna have to really like they're gonna have to get after it yeah and i was also thinking about when we do like these reaction or these episode breakdowns um just how chunky the episodes are like so like you know they're 24 25 minutes and i really feel like every minute is so such a valuable interaction such like good dialogue and so when you say 18 episodes i'm like oh my gosh man so much so much could happen in 18 episodes yeah um so yeah they really do feel jam-packed in like i'm surprised like i'm impressed with how many like little moments they're kind of lining up to be paid off um you know in a perfect world i would love if, if this if they were 24 episode seasons but for what we've got, what they're doing, I think that they're nailing the uh, the tightrope of like having a a strong narrative without overloading by trying to get in like everything. I'm sure they wanted to put in. Yeah, well, they they are 24 episode seasons. It's just the other 12 is mighty nine. Oh, bro, I cannot wait. I can't believe. I, I don't think we we've, we've talked about this since it since that announcement came out but like literally the day before you and i were talking about this because i think we were talking about you know potential campaign three and i was like yeah maybe in like a decade and and the next day we got that announced which they haven't said like they haven't said like the the realistic timeline for when that might come because maybe even though they announced it maybe they still wouldn't put it out until vox machina had concluded or maybe not maybe they would release them concurrently not meaning like the same literal time but maybe like one at the beginning of the year one at the end of the year type of thing uh i hope it's the latter because that means you know we might get campaign three sooner than later and i'm just want, excited for, I want that for sure yeah i would love that um 
Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting times to be a, a critical role fan, a little critter. So Yeah. Um anything else from this block of episodes you want to talk about? Uh probably, but my my mind is like mush. I've just been working on these breakdowns ever <laughs> since they aired. So I it's kind of just all like jumbled around in there together. I'm glad um, we let you out of the uh, studio <laughs> closet to sit down with us today. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I'm I might like... need you to get back there. <laughs> so <laughs> I love like yes, by sir. the time you finish your block, a new block has released. <laughs> That's literally what happened uh, yeah. last week. I think um, so at the time of recording this, I've done two. So all I have left is episode six. So unless the power goes out again, like what happened to me last week, I think I should have this one out by tomorrow which will give me a nice day off before the new ones drop. Excited for that. Yeah. I was texting Will. I deleted all of my project files permanently from my wow. editing software. That so awful, man. Yeah, it felt really bad. There's so No way. Made it it is back. for sure 100% gone. <laughs> was it related to the font? Or is that just like a... Yes, oof. it was, unfortunately. Yeah. So anyway... Well, I guess that's it. Uh, we're going to both go cry now and think about <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, it's great. We love to do it. We love the content. So anyway, uh, I guess if you like D&D, you should check out our Critical Role content. If you're following the campaign or even some of our other content, it's all on the channel. Uh, anything else, Will? Uh, no, just to reiterate what you said, though, because I know a lot of people that have been coming through watching our Vox Machina content have are watching Campaign 3. So if, if you didn't know, Blake and I do a podcast every week discussing the latest Campaign 3 episode. Um, so check that out for sure. And uh, we got a lot of stuff coming out soon, so be on the lookout for that. And I already mentioned it, but watch party for the next three episodes of Vox Machina. If you're interested in joining us, uh, join the Discord. Find out more there. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you later. Bye, y'all.